Please be seated. <laughs> Got to be on your toes around here. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. As I look around, I'm glad anybody's here today. <laughs> uh, I guess a lot of our folks, some of our folks are traveling. Uh, some of our folks uh, undoubtedly have uh, succumbed to uh, the, the, the after Christmas uh, uh, overindulgence and things like that. But uh, we're glad that you have made it out here today. Uh, to worship with us, and we welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here today. And I hope that, you, uh, that your Christmas was as good as my Christmas was. I had a wonderful Christmas uh, experience this year, and, and I hope that your, your Christmas time was um, as, as good as mine was. Uh, Christmas is such a wonderful time of the year, and uh, it is great to be able to uh, celebrate with folks that you love and, and folks that you care for, and uh, I'm grateful for that. We had a wonderful time here on Christmas Eve. Uh, I guess that's where everybody showed up on Christmas Eve, and uh, we had a great crowd here and, uh, and had a great time of worship and, and uh, celebrating the birth of our, of our Savior on Christmas Eve, and I uh, hope that you were here for that. Um, uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, our attendance sheets. Uh, I, we'd like to ask if you would to take those in the, the folder on each aisle and uh, fill those out and give us as much information as you feel comfortable with. And if you'd like to, uh, be, a, uh, to be on our email newsletter list, please uh, be sure to put your email address on there and we'll get you on that list. Also, a couple of things that are coming up this week that I uh, need to call to, to your attention. Uh, first of all, we are uh, reviving our Supper 8 group. Uh, we're going to be doing that uh, after the first of the year. And so uh, if you would like to be a part of that, please contact us in the church office and let us know that you would like to be a part of this. And basically what this is is uh, we're just going to take all the participants who give us their names and kind of put them in a hat and draw them out and uh, kind of randomly put these groups together of six or eight people and and, and invite everyone in the group to host a dinner in their home uh, for the other members of the group. And this is for the purpose of fellowshipping, of getting to know each other a little bit better, to uh, share some time together. And, uh, and it's just a good time to, uh, uh, to be involved with each other's lives. So uh, if you'd like to participate in this, and we encourage you to do that, please let us know as soon as possible, and we'll get these groups together after the first of the year. Also, on Wednesday, we'll be having our supper on Wednesday night, um, and then after that, we'll be having our business meeting. I know our business meeting is usually earlier in the month, uh, but because of our celebration of Advent along with St. Paul's, uh, we moved our business meeting to the last Wednesday of the month, and we will be uh, looking at a couple of things, a couple of important things on Wednesday night. We'll be uh, uh, receiving our, our report from our nominating team and uh, looking forward to the, uh, to, to the new church year. And we'll also uh, be looking at our recommended budget for 2011. And we'll be discussing that. We won't vote on the budget on, um, on Wednesday. We will vote on the budget uh, next Sunday before the whole congregation. But... 
uh, and that will be without discussion. But any discussion on the budget will be on Wednesday night. So if you want to discuss the budget, you need to be here on Wednesday night. Uh, also, let me remind everyone that our offering envelopes are on the table right down, down here, and uh, I'll remind everyone to pick those up after the worship service tonight or today. We're, we're glad that you're here today, and we welcome you. And uh, we invite you now to stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord, and let's just uh, spend a few moments of, of greeting together. Thank you so much. Let us continue our worship um, with our responsive reading printed in your worship folder here. O Lord, you have come. You have broken through the darkness of our world, and so we sing your praise. In an act of love, you closed the circle between promise and fulfillment, creator and created, word and world. So as a church, now we sing, come and worship. Come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's moment. Um, I think we have one or two. <laughs> Here comes. Am I on? Yeah. Oh, look. Look here. They're great. I'm so glad to see you all this morning. It finally got here, didn't it? Christmas. It came here. It finally got here that day we anticipate for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we open presents and we have a big time. Some of my words this morning are as much for the children, older of heart, whatever, in the, in the congregation today because... You know, you gave gifts at Christmas, didn't you? You gave exchange presents. They were fun. I wonder if we gave Jesus as a present. 
No, Jesus was the greatest gift of all. And he meant for us to turn around and pay it forward, as the word goes. For instance, did you tell anybody you loved them over Christmas? Bet you did. Did you do something just extra nice for somebody? Not a gift, just something nice, maybe, over and above. You gave Jesus then, didn't you, when you do that kind of giving? Well, the next thing now is, well, we start taking everything down. I've got a friend within 24 hours. Her decorations are all down, the trees down, all down in the basement. And then some of us are a lot longer getting that all taken down and packed away for another year. Well, I wonder if we pack Jesus. Do we put him away, pack him away, bring him out again in another year and say, birthday, time to celebrate? I don't think so for the most part. This is a time to remind us that Jesus is with us always in that we want to share that kind of love and giving as we approach 2011. I can't believe we're really seeing that, that number and all. But as I look at the future of the church sitting here and, and all in our faithful people, I thought Christmas Eve here with all the little ones and everything, it's, it's what it's all about. And Jesus would want us to share that love always. Appreciate y'all coming down, and let's have a word of prayer. Good morning. Our scripture reference for today is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. When he had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I call my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. 
After Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had learned that Achilles, Achilles was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we think of the blessings we've received of this season, we think of those that are suffering and those that are not experiencing the joys. And we lift them up to you. We ask that you help us to be your hands and your feet to minister to these, to show the love that you conveyed to a suffering world in need of a Savior. We thank you for our church, our church family. We ask that you continue to bless us, help us to strive to be more Christ-like in the new year approaching. And those that are not here that may be traveling, we ask that you keep them safe. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to enter this new year, help us to focus on your will for our lives in this new year. Help us as a body of Christ to pull together, to come to the altar, Lord, to pray, to focus upon what you had in store for us for this new year, Lord. Help us to see those in need. Help us to look around in our community and see where we are needed as a congregation. Take these tithes and offerings and help them to further your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen.
Don't you love Christmas music? <laughs> That's one of the great things about this time of the year. But you know, it's, it's hard not to feel a little let down on the day after Christmas, isn't it? A few days after Christmas, one, one year, Pastor John Walton noticed that all the Christmas decorations at the local pharmacy had been removed, and these decorations had already been replaced with Valentine's Day accessories, red boxes of candies, teddy bears with big hearts on them, and red candles for romantic lighting. The clerk behind the counter was complaining to one of her co-workers, I hate Valentine's Day, she said. I never have a boyfriend, and I hate Valentine's Day. Then Walton goes on to say that nothing is as over as Christmas when it's over. (laughs) The empty boxes, the pretty paper on the floor, the stray tinsel from the tree with which the, the cat has played and left abandoned on the sofa. The empty cartons of eggnog stuffed into the trash bag. Life has come back to normal, whatever that is. And it means that the diversions of the past few weeks, the frenzy and fuss, the lights and glitter are all packed away once again like the star on the top of the Christmas tree, taken down, carefully wrapped, padded and protected in its ample box. And what is left? A war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Homeless people sleeping in the doorways. Hungry people begging for food. Worries about health. Kids that concern us. Jobs that wear us down. We're back to where we left off before the holidays. Like the folks who were left in town after the Lone Ranger had been for a visit, we may ask out loud, who was that masked man? Or better yet, who was that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes left lying in a manger? Well, we haven't moved that far beyond Christmas yet. We're just one day away from celebrating Christ's birth, and I certainly hope that you are still basking in the glow of the joy and the, and the love and the peace that comes with this season. But there is that inevitable letdown. So much has been packed into these past four weeks of Advent, and we talk about keeping Christmas all year long. But really, who could handle that? (laughs) I mean, we don't want the clogged streets around the mall all year long. And and who could maintain that pace of eating? In fact, uh, many of us are already planning our diets to begin on January the 2nd. Actually, we need a little respite from all of the busyness, don't we? Mary and Joseph weren't allowed to reside in Bethlehem permanently, and neither can we. It's back to the real world for us. And the same was true of Mary and Joseph. You know what happened to this young family after the birth of Jesus? 
After the wise men were gone, an angel of the, of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search out for the child to kill him. And so Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. The Holy Family left just in the nick of time. For you see, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all of the male children in Bethlehem and and the area around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger. Could there be anyone more cruel than that? But after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph down in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. And so Joseph got up again, took Mary and the child and went to Israel as he was told. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and because Archelaus was known to be as cruel as his father was. And so having been warned in a dream, Joseph withdrew to the district of Galilee, and there he raised his family in a town called Nazareth. Now, we complain because we have to go back to the real world after Christmas. But folks, let me tell you something. Our world does not compare to the world of this young family that we have been celebrating for these past four weeks. They lived in a world in which a cruel tyrant could order the death of all infants and toddlers. They lived in a world where there were no jets or buses to take them comfortably down to Egypt. The back of a donkey would have to do Or perhaps they made their journey on foot. But whatever their means of transportation, it was a hard, tiring journey. They lived in a world where even after Herod's death, they could not be certain that they would be safe. For Herod's sons were just as cruel as he was. So, Christmas is over. And where does that leave us? Over the weeks of Advent, we have been celebrating the prophecies of Isaiah. And Isaiah says, when the Messiah comes, the the world will have light and love and peace and joy. The faithful will sing in delight for Emmanuel, God with us, has been born. And he was born. And the world was changed forever. But what what now? Where is all that light and love and peace and joy when Christmas is over? Well, as we said on that first Sunday of Advent, the kingdom of God only established a beachhead at the birth of Jesus. The manger was was just the the beginning of God's plan of God's kingdom here on earth. There was so much yet to be done. The baby in the manger must become a man. He must teach us his ways and, and then we must teach the world. And then in the fullness of God's time, the age of the Messiah will be ushered in. But what are we to do in the meantime? Well, we do what Joseph did 
during those dark days after Christ's birth? First of all, we trust God. When Joseph was warned in a dream to flee from Herod's wrath, he, he acted promptly. Joseph trusted God then, just as he trusted God when the angel told him that the child in Mary's womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This was the kind of man that Joseph was. He was a man of, of character who trusted God. And when God spoke, he obeyed. Ray Pritchard tells about visiting a graveyard with his brother in the rural part of, uh, of Alabama. He says that as they drove along a remote country road, they finally stopped near the ruins of an old plantation, an antebellum plantation. They got out and they walked out into the forest for about a quarter of a mile. And there they found the family cemetery for the owners of this 19th century plantation. They climbed over a low wall and began inspecting the gravestones. Most of them were 150 years old or older. Most of the markers contained phrases like loving father, beloved mother, darling son, rest in peace, asleep in Jesus, things things like that. But eventually they came to the grave of the man who had owned this plantation for many years. And under his name was the date of his birth and the date of his death. And then there was a five-word statement that summed up his whole life. It said, a man of unquestioned integrity. Just five words. Nothing more, nothing less. But you know something? Those words could have been etched in Joseph's gravestone as well. A man of unquestioned integrity. And we could add that he was also a man of faith. But what is faith? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us what faith is, and he uses Abraham as an example of a man of faith. God came to Abraham, and as we see in Hebrews, and he said, go from your country and your family to the land that I will show you. And in just a few verses we read, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. No argument, no delay. God spoke and Abraham obeyed. That according to Hebrews, is faith. It's not an intellectual assent to an abstract idea. It's not simply believing that something is true. It is a complete obedience to the will of God. That's what faith really is. And so an angel comes to Joseph and tells him not to be afraid of taking Mary as his wife, even though she's pregnant and he knows it's not his. And then Matthew tells us when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel told him to do and took Mary as his wife. And as we've already seen, when the angel came and told him to take Mary and the child to Egypt, Matthew tells us, so Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. That was Joseph, a man of integrity, a man of of faith. Do you think it might make a difference if all of God's people, all of the people who called Jesus Lord, had that kind of integrity, that kind of faith, that kind of complete trust in God's will and God's way? 
My guess is that it would change the world overnight. And so the first thing that we need to do after Christmas is to keep on trusting God. Second thing we need to do is to take care of those we love. That was, G- that was Joseph's primary concern. He loved Mary. He loved Jesus. And he was committed to doing whatever was necessary to keep them safe and to provide for them, not only materially, but also emotionally and spiritually. And that's what we do when Christmas has passed. We keep on trusting God and we take care of those that we love. We love them. We listen to them. We encourage them. We understand that they are God's gift to us and we treat them with love and with dignity. We keep caring for those that we love. Jesse Jackson tells a story of a visit that he made to the University of Southern Mississippi one time. He was taking a tour of the campus with the university president, and he saw a huge male student. This guy was six feet, eight inches tall. He saw this student holding the hands of a tiny, fidgety co-ed who was barely three feet tall. What a contrast. Six feet, eight inches tall and only three feet tall. Well, this this piqued Jackson's curiosity. So he he watched as the young man dressed up in a in a warm up suit, tenderly kissed the tiny co-ed on her forehead and sent her off to class. The president said that the student was a a star basketball player and, and the girl was his sister. Both parents had passed away when when he was only a teenager, and and he made a vow to look after his sister. Many scholarships had come his way, but only Southern Mississippi offered one to his sister as well. And so Jackson went over to the basketball star and introduced himself and, and said that he appreciated the way that he was looking out for his sister. And the athlete just kind of, he was kind of embarrassed, and he just kind of shrugged, and he said, Well, those of us who God makes 6'8 have to look after those he makes (laughs) 3'3. Don't you wish every young person could have that kind of love for his or her siblings? We live lives of faith. We look out for those that we love. And that brings us to the last thing that we do when Christmas is past. We remember the world to whom Christ came and the world for which Christ died. Why did Christ come into the world? One reason and one reason only. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's it. That's it. Christmas is centered in love. And we want to keep that spirit of Christmas all year long because the spirit of Christmas consists of loving our neighbors and loving our God. Not just on one day of the year, but all year round. I want to conclude by telling a a haunting story by W.B. Freeman. A man was walking down a dimly lit street late one night when he heard muffled 
screams coming from behind a clump of bushes. He slowed down to to listen and he panicked when he realized that what he was hearing was the unmistakable sounds of a struggle. Heavy grunting and frantic scuffling and the tearing of a fabric. Only a few yards from where he stood, a woman was being attacked. And so he froze in his tracks, hardly daring to breathe lest the attacker should notice his presence. But but then a, a strange thought occurred to him. Should he get involved? Frightened for his own safety, he cursed himself for having suddenly decided to take a a new route home that night. He had family responsibilities. What if he became another statistic? He instantly had the urge to, to run to a safe place and to use his cell phone to call the police. But he could, could hear that the struggle was becoming more and more desperate. And eternity seemed to pass as he argued with himself. And, and the, deli- the deliberations in his head had, had only taken a few seconds. But, but already the girl's cries were growing weaker. He had to decide. And fast. How could he sleep at night if he walked away from this? And so he finally resolved that he could not turn his back on the fate of this unknown woman, even if it meant risking his own life. Now, this man was known neither for his bravery nor for his athletic abilities and his physical prowess, but nonetheless, he summoned up the moral courage and the physical strength that he could muster. And once he had finally determined to help this young girl, he became strangely transformed. He ran behind the bushes and he pulled the assailant off of the woman. He wrestled with the attacker for a few moments until the man finally ran away. And panting hard, he scrambled to his feet, approached the girl who was crouched behind a tree sobbing. And in the darkness, he could barely see her outline but he could certainly sense her trembling fear. Not wanting to frighten the girl any further, he spoke to her from a distance. And he said, it's okay. The man ran away. You're safe now. There's a long pause. And then he heard these words. uttered in wonder and amazement. Dad, is that you? And out from behind that tree came his youngest daughter. What if he had passed by that night? What if he had decided not to get involved? Well, what I want to say to you on this day after Christmas is this. 
we will only have the true spirit of Christmas when we understand that every child on this earth is ultimately our son and our daughter and our brother and our sister. It's good that we take care of those that we love. But as people of faith, the baby of Bethlehem, the baby of this manger, calls on us to expand that love and to understand that the good of every person on this earth is our concern. So Christmas is over. But my friends, living for Jesus may just be beginning for some of us. So trust God. Take care of those that you love and expand your love to all of those whom God sent his son into the world. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 85, the first Noel. There may be someone who needs to make a commitment to this Christ child today, this child who bids us to do things in our lives and with our lives that are truly remarkable, things that we would never think of before, uh, otherwise, because he bids us to live a kind of life that's pretty radical kind of life that moves the focus away from ourselves and onto others because that's what he did and he's called us to live that kind of life the life of his kingdom if you've never made a commitment to jesus christ i hope you'll do that today or maybe you're looking for a church home to to be a part of we invite you to unite with our church or maybe you just need a time of prayer today we invite you to come as we sing together the first Noel. Would you come?
the birth of Jesus continue to reverberate throughout your world with joy. May the Spirit of Christ guide all of your words and thoughts with love. And may the life of Jesus inspire you to follow his ways of peace until the whole world is once again full of his glory. Amen.